It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What up, fools? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets Podcast. It's the Hot Links Gambling Show. I'm your host, Jeff Clark. I got the homie Dan Z here with me, and we're going to break down the AT&T Byron Nelson, a.k.a. the K.H. Lee Invitational. You actually got to the window last week with K.H. Lee in the Wells Fargo. He tickled your your betting balls a little bit, but ended up leaving you uh, unsatisfied, obviously. Yeah, the beginning of the end was the 18th, well, his 36th hole of the tournament. He was tied for the 30, he would have been tied for the 36th hole lead, made a double bogey on, I guess it was nine. He was playing, he played the back first uh, on Friday. And I knew at that point that the dream was dead. Yeah, my dreams were flushed down the toilet pretty early in that tournament as well. Uh, yeah, Victor Hovland I mean, and Ricky Hovland, uh, Ricky, Victor Hovland and Ricky Fowler had a, uh, they at least made the weekend. Ricky Fowler cashed the top 20 ticket, but Victor Hovland just pulled the old eject cord in round four. And J day decided on hole 17 of the second round that, yeah, he's good on the Wells Fargo actually. Yeah. I got hammered, man. Uh, you know, it turns out your Sam Burns analysis was better than mine because he did not make the weekend. Uh, like Jay Day, missed it on the number. So that was a bad one. Uh, Day, no good. Fowler was okay. I gave you guys KH Lee, who again, as you mentioned, he had a nice Sunday though. I don't, I, I didn't bet him on any of the placements, so I don't know exactly where he finished. I can look it up real quick, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like him this week. Obviously, it's his tournament. He wins it. He plays better than everyone else, and he's in pretty good form uh, given his finish last week if it weren't for... He, he played poorly on Saturday, and he had one bad hole on Friday, but I believe the other three rounds, he played pretty good. Uh, I'm pulling up his Wells Fargo stats. He finished eighth, gained 6.6 strokes on the greens, uh, T8 with a whole bunch of people. I mean, he was like 150 to one, I believe. So a top, he cashed a top 10, which probably was what, 15, 20 to one? Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. We're just so, guesstimating. I don't, I don't know if officially. Probably something like that, though. If he was 150 to one to win, probably somewhere around 15 to 20 to be a top 10, maybe 10. Yeah. Yeah, Cage, they look good. And like we said yes, last week, it's, this is really just prep for the course that he dominates usually, this TPC Craig Ranch and McKinney, uh, Dallas, Texas. There's a bunch of Texas boys in the tournament, but notably Jordan Spieth pulled out uh, Monday with a wrist injury. So that leaves Scotty Scheffler as a heavy favorite without anyone that far uh, or that close to him. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is down to plus 360 to win this tournament. He's also, I'm pretty sure, a local uh, Dallas guy. 
Yeah, uh, and the bigger question really for Spieth is like, how bad is this injury? Because we know next week is major number two. So it'd be interesting to, to follow uh, Jordan and see how he, if this is just like a precautionary, don't want to risk it before a major or legitimate concern uh, for next week's PGA Championship, which is the one major, by the way, that he's never won. Yeah, yeah, it would, it would uh, close out his career Grand Slam. I don't know the 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 feedback or what he said about withdrawing from eighteen the the Brian Byron Nelson seems like it's a significant injury or at least an injury that's going to affect him next week. Yeah, I and I guess there's no reason for him to because my first thought was like, well, he's not going to say like ah, it's not that bad because then it looks bad that he's pulling out of a golf tournament. But I guess I mean it's a non elevated event; he doesn't have to play in it in the first place and it wouldn't be that crazy to pull out if you had any concerns leading into a major. So not ideal. They, look, I, I don't bet on Spieth generally because I think he's almost always overrated based on public perception. But, you know, I, I don't disagree that having Jordan Spieth competing at a high level is, is good for the game. I think, you know, he's a guy that's fun to watch. He's a guy the fans really like. So it'd be dis- I, I would be disappointed if he can't. If he can't suit it up next week. Yeah, absolutely. I know these Texas tournaments he likes to play, so that kind of gives me a feeling that it that it's a little more serious than just coming back next week to the PGA championship. But let's hope we see him out there. Um Scotty Scheffler Scheffler, heavy favorite plus three sixty. I also I actually read something online that he within within reason, within like kind of his standard, he kinda he struggles in like these birdie fests or at least has recently. And I also was reminded that he didn't win a tournament last year after the masters, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. It's not surprising that the quote unquote birdie fests, like those generally don't favor the better players, right? Like those guys are the best players because they thrive in tough setups. So in tournaments like this, oftentimes is when you'll see a random guy win it because it really just comes down. Because if everyone's putting it on the green, you know, if everyone's hitting fairways and greens, then it really comes down to a hot putter, and really anybody can get a hot putter. Yeah, I think this one, this this course suits bombers. That's why I have a couple bombers here on my card, and I definitely. See, I was reading went... that it that driving accuracy and distance are both devalued this week. That it's a second shot golf course where putting is the major deciding factor. I was reading. Well, you can go. You can go pretty long on these courses. Um, you do have to worry about water on a few horse, a few, few holes. But driving accuracy is pretty easy in terms of like how wide the fairways are. And yeah, I mean it's mostly just like a putting contest. But I think like length certainly helps you out one of these courses because you know the the rough isn't that penal, and if you just bomb it then you know you can hit a a pitching wedge into a green from not so penal rough so that's kind of some insight into some strategy that i have in my picks this week um i know you're still kind of putting together your card and your one and dones do you have any golfer that you're leaning towards as we start this this podcast this convo man i'm on a little cold streak here i was uh in our little in our fantasy golf thing i reached up to i think i was in seventh place overall Maybe fourth place. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I have been cold, cold. I haven't even been close. I had 
Hovland on my card this past week, Jason Day, Sam, I believe I had, I think I had two missed cuts out of three picks, which is just brutal. So I don't know. I mean, this is one of those tough ones where it's like, Scheffler's going to be popular, and he should be. Like, do you, I probably have to go with him just because you just can't, it's just hard to go against a guy who's got 20% win equity in a golf tournament. I don't know how you go against that. Same thing for daily fantasy players. Like, it's just, it's hard to go against that. Sure. Um, I just don't want to use a Scheffler bullet on a non-major or non-elevated event, especially one that's wide open. But this is some of the logic that has caused me to be the bottom 10 in our in our fantasy group. So what do, what do I know? Do not listen to my one-and-done advice. And, and I think I, I've been overthinking it. That's, that is the big problem. Like, when you're down, now's the time, though, you should be taking shots. Like, try to make a move by going a little off the board. I think I've been sure. overthinking and still trying to take my shots when I should have just played fairly safe last week, you know, used someone like Shoffley or Hatton, who I knew would be popular. Man, I had uh, Wyndham Clark, man. I used him in one of my other fantasy leagues, but I did not put an outright on him, and I'm still, I'm still upset about it. He was a guy I definitely had on my list. Yeah, he actually did really well in my model and has done really well in my model recently. He's been playing good. Um, won the Wells Fargo. The the round four commentators discussed like pre before he started or before he uh, teed off to start round four that he thought they thought that both Xander and uh, Wyndham Clark were going to fall back to the pack a little bit, and that wasn't the case. Wyndham played a hell of a round four and pretty much slammed the door shut. Yeah, it was interesting early because he made a bogey on one, right, on his first hole, and it looked like, oh, boy, like, here come the nerves. This is going to be one of those. But, yeah, man, he, he settled it pretty good. And actually it was Xander who looked a little bit more rattled towards the middle of the round. He was hitting some bad shots that you don't normally see from Xander Shoffley. But it also could have been because at that point, you know, he's down three shots, and it's like, I got to I gotta make some moves here. This yeah. guy's not falling. He's not coming back to me, so I'm going to have to make some birdies. Yeah, no, it looked early in Wyndham Clark's round, despite him bogeying one. He got it back pretty quickly that it's like, yeah, minus, minus 19, minus 20 is going to be the winning score here. And it turned out to be Wyndham Clark, I think, minus 19, winning by three or four strokes over Xander. So, however, performance for him, for him and because of that reason, Wyndham Clark is no longer in the AT&T Byron Nelson. When I was looking at this, uh, looking at this course and, and, and the 2022 Byron Nelson, it's crazy how much weaker this field is. So I'm on one of the favorites, Tadeki Matsuyama. I got him at plus 2,200. He's down to plus 1,800 on DraftKings. And last year he was plus 2,500. And last year's Byron Nelson, dude, all of most of the live guys played. Mito was in it. Justin Dustin Johnson was in it. Joaquin Neiman was in it. Taylor Gooch was in it. Uh, Will Zalatoris played. Xander played. Justin Thomas played. Sam Burns played. Tommy Fleetwood. Jordan Spieth. And Matsuyama's eighth by the odds. So I think we're getting a pretty good price point, or you know, I, I think you you tailed me or also bet Hideki as well, right? Yeah, I got him at twenty, a little worse than your number, but a little better than current. Um, 
And a lot of people are citing the same concerns about Hideki now that they were last year, where he's got a neck injury and he took the last couple of tournaments off. But this time last year, he didn't play the RBC Heritage. He didn't play the Wells Fargo. He was working on, he was had a neck issue, played really well at the Masters, just like he did this year, and came back and I think was third in last year's um, AT&T Byron Nelson. So I think it's going to play out pretty similarly because that guy shot a, uh, he went 10 under in the final round last year at the Byron Nelson. He crushes on my model too. He's second in my power rankings behind uh, behind Scotty Shuffler. So you know how much I love Hideki, and as soon as he started flashing on a couple of numbers, like all right, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna. I had to find words to fill up my column, but I almost just wanted to put like a wink emoji in there. Like you, you, you know what's up, guys. If you read any of my stuff, which you know a ton of you do, but if you guys do, you know I love Hideki. And uh, as soon as he, as soon as these odds released, I was all over him. He's fifth the players, another TPC course, fifteenth at Valero, another Texas TPC course, sixteenth at the Masters. So going pretty well. I'm not going to add anything because Hideki's your guy, and you just explained it perfectly. And there's nothing left to add. I'm on him as well. I trust you, and I'm on as I'm on him as well. I love that kind of fucking energy, dude. Love that energy. I also, last thing, he won back-to-back TPC Scottsdale, which was designed by the same guy who designed TPC Craig Ranch. Not how, not sure how sticky of a stat that is, but just a little cherry to add to the Hideki Matsuyama outright bet Sunday. Um, I'm just looking at this, and it's like you were talking about field strength, and it's like you said last year Hideki was eighth, Going pre-tournament. Plus 2,500, yeah. So, like, Hideki Matsuyama was eighth last year. Matt Kuchar is seventh this year. Like, Matt Kuchar has the seventh shortest odds to win this golf tournament. Yeah. Steven Yeager is on the first page. And he's just 40 to 1. Like, that blows my mind. Yeah, actually, it kind of... This kind of is a transition into my next guy, Minwoo Lee who I think has missed back-to-back cuts. He's plus 4,000. He's got worse uh, or the same odds as Steven Yeager. Steven Yeager hasn't won shit. Like, this guy, Minwoo Lee, at least won the Scottish Open in 2021. He beat Matt Fitzpatrick in a playoff, right? I mean, from October 2022 to January 2023, he was T16 or better and I think all eight of his DP World Tour starts, he's six on the DP World Tour rankings. He just has a pretty good number because, A, he missed the last couple cuts, and, B, like he dominates the World Tour and doesn't really play very many PGA Tour events. But he 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 fits the, the mold of the golfers I was shopping for. He's fucking long off the tee, just crushes the ball. His long iron play is six, so... If he has to lay up a little bit to avoid any water hazards and has 200-plus um, second shots, like he actually does really well at top 10 in this field at that, that, that proximity. And, yeah, like Maverick McNeely was at the same odds at Minwoo Lee. Now he's down to plus 5,000. Maverick McNeely low-key sucks. 
all I've heard about Maverick McNeely is how good he is and how well he plays in California. And again, I'm I'm a I'm a newish golf gambler. This dude hasn't cashed any tickets for for most backers over the last two years. So I just think the the price on Minwoo Lee is, frankly, based on my numbers, it is kind of right. But in just this weak field, I like I like the way his game sets up for TPC Craig Ranch. So. I placed the top 20 on him and took him plus 4,000 to win. I like Taylor Montgomery a little bit here. He's right now the best putter on tour, and I really think that could end up being a deciding factor here. He's not a great approach player, but that's really hurt by the fact that he struggles a little bit with the longer iron shots. Um, He's actually at least inside the top 100 inside 200 yards approach where – He's way back overall. So he's a guy who can gain a little bit off the tee and have a lot easier time around this course. And, you know, at the American Express back in January, he shot 24 under. He's shown that he can go low um, on easier setups. He's put up some really low scores, you know, this season. So he's a guy coming off a terrible Wells Fargo. He's rested. That's right. I said it. I'm going to view the cut last week as a good thing. He's rested. Dude, you um, crushed me when I said that about Justin Thomas at the RBC Heritage. It's like, yeah. hey, he missed the cut at the Masters. He didn't have to deal with that rainstorm when he went home tweeting about it. It seems like in good spirits, and you dragged me all over my own podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hate it, though, you know? I, I don't mind your analysis. I mean, look, I'm just looking for for positives here. You know, there's not a ton. The last tournament he played in was the was the Zurich. I don't know. Just call it a thing, I guess. He's a guy I like um, at a really at a pretty good number, to be honest. Just given like guys in that range. I mean, you're on Minwoo Lee at four. Maybe that's our head to head Montgomery versus Minwoo Lee. We haven't actually gone head to head in a long time. Yeah, let's do it. I'm with you if you want to take that bet. And I like I like Montgomery. I think I cashed on him somewhat recently, so it's not even an anti Montgomery thing. I just want a little more juice in this tournament. Yeah, that's I like it. I mean, they're they have the same win odds, so that's that's fair to me. All right, let's do it. We'll do a little side action: Montgomery versus uh, Min Woo, another guy I like who's you know going to benefit from this being an easier setup. The Canadian Adam Hadwin. I'm just a big fan of his in general, and anytime I can get some exposure to him in a tournament that I think he actually has a chance to make some noise. I'm probably going to do it um, with this being a, a prime example of a tournament where he should should be able to play well enough to at least uh, contend. Assuming Scotty Scheffler doesn't win this thing by like 10 shots, which, by the way, could definitely happen. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Hadwin has been in a real rough spot. He's missed four of his last five, uh, or missed a cut in four of his last five starts three straight he went 13th at the players which again tpc course much much different or much much more difficult but it's something that i think kind of bodes his byron nelson resume 10th at phoenix open again same course designer there seventh at the houston open so he's done well in texas this season i don't hate adam hadwin i just have been scarred by him several times i feels like all five bets that I've placed on Adam Hadwin have been just lit on fire by by the end of Friday. So, Yeah, he's got plus 400 top 10 odds. I don't know that I think he has a ton of win equity, but I kind of like plus 400 on a top 10. 
you touched on something that's kind of guided my bets for this week, and it's kind of just the effort and I'm in a slump type logic where it's just like, I don't know, I got a feeling on Eric Cole. So I went with Eric Cole, and I went. I have a feeling with Sam Stevens. We'll talk about these guys in a second. Uh, okay, let me, let me, we got to talk about this because you just picked two golf. There are four golfers who are, you know where I'm going with this, right? Because there are four golfers who are 60 to 1 in this tournament. Two of them are Sam Stevens and Eric Cole that you've just said you're backing. Okay, so I one got of them, one of them at 55 and the other to 65. They both came to 60. The other one is your boy, Ben Griffin, who actually should set up well here. Why are you not on Ben Griffin? Because I've backed him several times, and it has... This is the spot, though. Not really. He's 53rd on my power ratings in this one. He's It's he, not the spot for him. His number has been plummeting, too. Like, he's... 70 yeah. he was 75 like he's going he's there's there's some sentiment out there that there's a little run in your boy this week well it's because he's an absolute beast putting but and like that kind of goes along the lines of or the logic you were using earlier where if it's if you're going in birdie fest you want a guy with a hot putter and ben griffin's been hot pretty much this entire rookie season um but outside of that he doesn't really rank well on my model uh, Stevens is seventh in my power rankings. I also, in the vein of just like switching it up and just trying to break the slump, I went with a little more recency bias. I usually track my stats or fact um, add stats in across fifty rounds into my model. This time I went twenty four, and and I even put like a small percentage on on um, stats over the last eight rounds and 12 rounds because I don't know. I just feel like someone who's going to win in this tournament is going to win. Who's been hot lately. It's kind of like Wyndham Clark last week. Like I thought Wyndham Clark would have went well here. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get there in the elevated field. But like, I don't know. I'm feeling someone who's played well recently and has shown up well recently is going to end up winning this tournament. Adam Scott. Yeah. I like I like Adam Scott. I almost talked myself into him. What are your what are your angles there? Thirteenth in my power rankings for what it's worth. Can't yeah. Can't punt I bent. That's his only knock, really. Yeah. There's actually a lot of knocks. Number one, he has just not been he has not been hitting his approach shots like Adam Scott is accustomed to hitting approach shots. But I do love what he said um this past week, which was his quote was, I play okay every week, but okay kind of sucks on the PGA Tour and it gets me nowhere. Like, I love that. I love that attitude. I love that he knows he needs to find another gear. And he played well at the Wells Fargo, so his game's trending in a positive direction. Oh, I hate to do it because it crushed me last week, but if not now, then when? Adam Scott, if not now, then when? It's a nice light field. Um, he's behind Matt Kuchar, like thirty to one. Adam Scott, who I, if I'm not mistaken, is a former number one overall. That feels uh, right. He won the Masters, right, in like a and in a weird non-Tiger year, wasn't it? The yes. 2009 Masters. He was well. He was number one in in from May to August 2014. So it's been oh. nine years since he was number one. 
Um, he won the 2013 Masters. So then he was... That's interesting. So he ended up getting to number one about a year after that. But again, you know... <sighs> he hasn't done much, though. Like that. When's the last time he won a tournament? Now I gotta look. Uh, dude, so... You got it? Uh, the last time have... he's won a tournament is... The, the Genesis, Genesis right? 2020. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. He hasn't missed a cut since the last PGA <laughs> Championship. Like, ever. He doesn't miss cuts. I just, from a he... gambling perspective, like, I just... I'm get, I get so down on myself when one of the guys that I bet misses the cut. If you just have yeah, a awful. shot on the weekend, it's like, all right, cool. I'm I'm sweating. I'm maybe waking up early Saturday, Sunday to, to enjoy the ride. At least give me hope. And Adam Scott at least has given backers hope. And his matchup this week is Seamus Power, who I like Seamus Power a lot, but he could miss the cut. Like, Seamus Power has some dud weeks. Like, that might be a matchup to play just for the sheer, you know, you know Adam Scott's going to make the cut. Like, just perhaps Seamus Power has one of his blow-up weeks and you just cash that ticket Friday night. Seamus Power is an absolute wild card when betting. betting Completely wild. Completely. Completely. That's kind of my point. Is like, Adam Scott, you almost like know what you're going to get. And Seamus Power, you just have no idea. Like, that bet could be crushed like Seamus Power could beat Adam Scott by eight shots you know what he is it also could be over by Friday he's not as good so this might you might not feel me totally but he's kind of like Irish Sam Burns you know it's just like sometimes like you squint it's like damn you could play dude and then other times like you should you should probably withdraw man you got no chance of making this cut I feel like Sam Burns is Irish Sam Burns (laughs) well yeah but he's also Texan (laughs) Sam Burns right uh yeah so sec I, I think, burns i think my guy this week despite him not really popping on any models how's he on yours i'd be curious because i in the model i'm looking at and again i don't have my own and i won't plug them because you don't share yours with me so i have to find my stuff other other places um he's not really popping it just i don't know good feeling hey are you saying scott i thought you were teeing up another guy who, who... no adam scott i'm curious where he is on your model Oh, I was saying he's uh, he's thirteenth. The only thing that he's not really doing well in is putting on bent over the last twelve rounds. He's one hundred twelfth in this field. Twenty twenty six in my stats over the last twenty four rounds. Seventeenth trending. Twenty second in course history, but that's only that's only two events, right? It's only eight rounds. So, what? Why did you? What if you go to? What if you make it fifty instead of twenty four? Your usual. Um, he's got to be trending better than he's 11th over 50 round over the last 50 rounds. He's 11th. Okay. No, so it's not great value, at least based on the number you're getting, but I don't know. He's probably Why? a guy. Oh, I see. I see. Cause, of the, Cause yeah. he's eighth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's a guy I'm almost certainly going to use in the, in the fantasy golf though. Cause as you mentioned, like you, you need guys who make the cut and, uh, I feel pretty good that he's going to make the cut. Yeah, and when you talk about win equity, obviously Adam Scott has it. I mean, you look at the other people. I guess the other people are recent winners too. Uh, maybe not not Matt Kuchar, but I, I listen to a bunch of ga- golf gambling stuff, and like but like not Jason Day. Like, wouldn't you rather have Adam Scott than Jason Day right now? After what Jason Day did, did to me last week, yeah, I guess, but. I don't know, Jason Day, you could pretty much 
just guarantee him going top 20 up until last week. But he, I also heard that like, I mean, Jason this vertigo last thing win is was, back. Jason Day's last win was two years before Adam Scott's last win. You saw Scott's Jason. Won, Scott's won in the 20s. You see Jason, you saw Jason Day uh, almost faint at the Dell match play. He had a similar thing with, with the Masters, and I think he like opened up recently and saying like his vertigo has surfaced or has returned here or there. So like his health is in question a little bit, at least enough to where it's like plus fourteen hundred on Jason Day just after missing the cut. Maybe it's the it's the get right spot for him, but I'm not I'm not backing Jason Day. I agree with you at the at the price especially. Adam Scott's a way better bet. But yeah, I've heard a bunch of people say like I don't know why, but Matt Kuchar just pops on my model, and I guess he's I mean, popping on the DraftKings model as well. I'll just never bet Matt Kuchar because I hate him, and why? I can't. I can't get over because he's just like he's just a dopey dude. And then there's that that caddy story from years ago. Yeah, he's like the worst tipper on the PGA Tour, right? Is that what you heard? That's what I heard. Yeah, I mean that there was a there was a story. Um, that he won a tournament and gave his caddy like 10 grand. He won like, you know, well over a million dollars or something and gave his caddy like 10 grand. What are you supposed to give your caddy? Is it like a standard? Uh, I mean, I'm not a professional golfer, but I think it's generally 10%. And then, you know, depending, you know, Spieth might hook his caddy. Like, it probably depends on your caddy, your relationship with your caddy. You might have a contract. I don't even know. Like, some guys might have, like, legit. So, because... Which actually wouldn't surprise me because it's like you don't want to have arguments with your cat, right? Like, here's the number. Here's what it is. Done. Like, no discussion. Yeah. But I think it's generally considered to be 10% of your winnings. Damn, dude. That kind of feels steep. I, I guess, again, like... If, and they're not hitting any of the fucking shots. <laughs> it dep- again, that's where it comes in. Like, how involved is your cat? If he's a guy that you like really trust and you feel like helped you win that golf tournament, then it's a kind of a steal. Yeah, but aren't they paying like an entertainment tax, right? Where it's like you pretty much fork over thirty five percent off the top. So you're, oh, I don't know. Well, that is not like maybe what, it's five percent. Maybe it's five percent. I don't know. Right. I'm just saying, like, if you're if you're only giving out or only walking or giving out forty percent of your winnings every week, that shit adds up. I guess these golfers aren't crying poor. Uh, Eric Cole, a guy no one's probably that excited to hear on a golf betting podcast, but okay. So he won the Mayakoba Classic. Kucher did in 2019. Is that his last one? I don't know. Oh, he gave his his caddy was a fill in, and he gave him five thousand dollars despite winning one point three million. The caddy wanted fifty grand, and Kucher gave him five. That sounds really, really bad. And then, I guess the, the even crappier part—we uh, can swear—the even shittier part to me, honestly, is that, like, I found an article from 2019 where it's like Matt Kucher apologizes, pays him the full fifty grand, but he didn't do it until like fans started like yelling at him the following week like during the next tournament he started hearing shit so like he really only did it because he's soft like 
it's shitty that he did it, but I actually would respect him more if he's like, yeah, that's that's what I did. Like, <laughs> that's such a the, you stance. The fact that he, he he like had rabbit ears that fans were like getting on him, and that was what caused him to like pay it. Nah, that's even worse. You know, I kind of see. I try to look for the good in people, and I just kind of hope that he heard all that and was like, you know what? You're right, dick move. My bad. <laughs> My bad. So. <laughs> Just so, just so we do the math here, five thousand dollars on a one point two nine six million dollar win, so essentially one point three, is point four percent. That's a bad tip. Almost no matter That's what, really bad. Like less than one percent, like less than half a percent yeah. of his win. So if when the waiter, he, knew, if the server knew you were tipping them that at the at the restaurant, your food is getting molested. So he went to. 50 grand, which was about, which obviously you just add a decimal. So it was three point, about 4%. Which seems more fair. But then again, I know nothing about this world. I think, I really think it's 10. I think it's, I think the standard, it, but again, part of the issue was it's not his cat. Like it was a guy, like his cat, he didn't go to the tournament because it was in Cancun or whatever. And there was whatever. So he got like put with a guy. And so his argument is probably like, I didn't know the guy. He didn't really help me. Like he carried my clubs. I'm guessing that would be yeah. his argument. It's like, I didn't trust him because I didn't know him. So he didn't really help me. Like he gave me the number and then handed me the club. I told him to hand me. So what did he really do? Which to me makes the whole situation dicey. Cause I kind of see that point. It's like, eh, yeah. I mean, was that just like a club caddy, right? Who typically makes however, a couple yeah, hundred dollars I, a, a day. And I would assume he's a resort caddy and that's how it ended up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, it's almost kind of just lucky for the caddy that he got put with the guy right. who ended up winning the tournament. Yeah, Man, like... Did I just talk myself into Kuchar here? Well, this has nothing to do with gambling. Like, I don't... I, I still don't really like Matt Kuchar in the setup. Oh. Do you? Well, I don't care about that. I make my decisions based off of feelings. I haven't even clicked onto his name. Let's look, because he's second in total strokes over the last 24 rounds. He twenty third at Wells Fargo. I don't remember that. He was he was twenty third while minus four point seven strokes on approach. Nineteenth at the RBC Heritage, third at the Valero. Uh, a couple missed cuts at the Honda and the the players. Eighth at Genesis. Yeah, he's he's, he's going pretty well. I guess. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So just some more background. Yes, 10% is customary for the winner to give his caddy 10%. Um, Again, now that's usually great, assuming that the caddy is your guy, right? So you're going to be, you know, you're going to tip your guy a little bit more than a resort caddy who you got paired with. Sure. Um, And Kuchar said after the, after the tournament, because people were like counting him like five grand, like, wow, that's really cheap. He said the guy makes 200 bucks a day usually, and he made five grand in four days. So. You know, if you look at it that way, he had a pretty good weekend <laughs> and people were pissed about that. But that's actually true, too. I got to feel him. 
it's actually, I mean, it's pretty good point. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't push back on that logic. It'd be like even his top twenties plus one twenty five. So it'd be like, all right, you work as a waiter, which I did, and I worked at, I've worked at decent restaurants, I've worked at crappy restaurants. I worked at a restaurant called Ponderosa. It was oh, a oh my god. Do you know Ponderosa? Yeah. Did you work at the last Ponderosa? Are they still uh, open? No. So I I was def- I was one of the employees who showed up one day to a sign on the door that was like, yeah, we're not open. So sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I don't have to work tonight or ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So cheap restaurant. But like. How you was know, your Ponderosa I, severance package? Was it was it strong? It, it was literally a note on the door. <laughs> It didn't even say thank you. It was like, we're closed. So, you know, good luck. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I would make, I don't know, maybe like 80 to a hundred bucks in a, in an eight hour shift on tips. Right. But like if, if someone famous walked in there and gave me like a $500 tip, it's like people, okay. If, and here's how I think people are wired. Like, I would be stoked if someone walked in and gave me a $500 tip. Like, so let's just, let's pick a, I don't know, pick someone who's famous. Whoever. It doesn't matter. Famous person. But, like, let's say someone who's, like, rich. And they gave me a $500 tip. There are a lot of people who would be like, dude, you're worth, like, $200 million. You couldn't give me 1000 Yeah. Like, there are people like that. I wouldn't be one of them. I would be like, I got $500 in a day when I normally, from one table on a day when I normally would have made $80. Like, that's a great windfall of cash for me in that particular day. So I actually kind of see where Kucher's coming from. Again, I think my biggest problem with him now is more that he gave in to the pressure of everyone shitting on him and he couldn't take it and then ended up sort of basically paying the ransom to get people to leave him alone. That's the softer move. Yeah, I guess I agree. If he stuck to his guns, I probably would have been more noble. I, I still I, think five grand's a little low. Like he could have done one person. He could have given him twelve grand. Like he made or thirteen grand. He made one point three. I think thirteen would have been a good number. But fine, moving on. Sorry, I didn't mean to get sidetracked on Matt Kuchar. But there's not a lot to talk about this tournament. I, now that Matt Kuchar is like in the spotlight here at freaking twenty five to one, which is still just too much. Like plus one twenty five to go top twenty, and he was top twenty in the last two Byron Nelsons, which again were were much tougher fields. You know, I don't I don't hate it, but in terms of like my I, somewhat limited bankroll like and losing streak, I'm just I'm not gonna get there. I do feel like he's been popping up lately, though. That's like what I'm saying. Yeah, he's second in total like, strokes over the last twenty four rounds. He's doing well. If it's a putting contest, there's few like in my mind. There's few better putters than 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 Matt Kuchar. And look at those recent results too. Yeah, dude. Oh my god! But like, how many guys are you betting in this tournament? I might have just added one. Do you? (laughs) Nice. All right. Hey, um, I really have no thoughts on on Matt Kuchar. Um. Because I feel like I haven't ended up playing him many times, so I don't hate it though. This might be the week. Hey, I may have just talked myself into Matt Kuchar, who dominates around the greens. By the way, yeah, but around the greens play supposedly isn't that important at this course, right? But he's basically positive in every category except distance, driving distance. 
and that's kind of devalued this week. But scrambling's always important. Like, I, I don't care what anybody says. Scrambling is always important. Actually, if anything, the argument is when you do miss a green, because that's what they're going to say, right? Like, it's not as important because you're not going to be missing as many greens. Since the rough isn't penal, you should be hitting greens. But you do miss people. You miss greens still. Like, it happens. And you you have to make par. Like, this is, if it's going to be a, a shootout, you can't make bogeys. So yeah. I, I think people tend to undervalue around the green play because they expect you to hit greens, but you're not going to hit 72 greens, right? Like even the best player this week is probably going to hit what 60 greens. Maybe. I I don't know what the average is on like a winner on hitting greens, but you're going to miss 10 to 15 greens and you have to make par. So that's not, that's not, again, I can see why you wouldn't like push around the green play up on your model this week, but I also wouldn't devalue it completely, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, scrambling is just a general thing I like to look for because it kind of gives you some insight into the golfer's mentality. You're going to hit a shitty shot. Do you bounce back and quickly in your second or third shot, or does it spiral for you or on you? That's so. something that's always kind of hurt Victor Hovland. Like that's the Yo. one area of his <laughs> game where he just is not good. He's he's getting better though. He is getting better, but that has always been his biggest weakness. Yeah, whenever he misses a green, I just like mentally in my head, it's like, oh, all right, he's in double bogey here. Adventure time. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go from one bunker to the other. Yep. yep. Um, again, I kind of sh- sh- shook it up, and I I shot from the hip when I made uh, several of these picks. Well, pretty much all of them. The only one I, I really dug deep for I think would be like Min Woo Lee but like Eric Cole and Sam Stevens um they were just kind of like blink theory bets you know like that was how I I not how but that's part of the logic I used for betting Ashke Batia and the RBC Heritage and he actually made me money I didn't go public with that bet but it's one of the few winning tournaments that I've had in the recent last couple months and remember me and you were texting about it you're like that's really random bets and it's like you know I just I just want I, I didn't want to overthink this shit. I've been overthinking golf a lot lately, so I think I got back to overthinking the Wells Fargo and I got racked for it. So I kind of just like looked at my numbers, looked at a few key stats, was like, eh, I like these guys, I like these numbers. This is kind of a crapshoot tournament. So I went with Eric Cole and Sam Stevens, who I guess you're saying are plus six thousand. Let me confirm that. I wanna right go Back to Adam Scott for one quick moment. And I want to ask you, this is sort of, it's not a hypothetical necessarily, it's kind of. If Adam Scott had finished solo third by shooting 13 under at the Wells Fargo, do you think that would his odds would be any different right now for this week? He finished T5 at minus 11. Pretend he shot minus 13 and finished solo third. Two shots behind Xander, six shots behind Wyndham. Do you think any sentiment, any the betting odds would be any different this week? I think the the only possibility is that you switch his number with Kucher. And I say that because I was watching on Sunday and Adam Scott had... It's almost impossible to explain how this happened to a guy like Adam Scott. But did you see he hit the green on the drivable par four? And then no. made and then made bogey. No, and he's usually a pretty strong putter. Sucks on Ben Grass, apparently, but 
it was a it was a tough putt. I mean, he was on the green in one on a par four. It was you know he had a lengthy putt. It was a tough three and putts, right? <laughs> it was or well. Four. Here's what happened. He actually went from on the green to off the green. Yikes! So he pushed his putt a little bit left, and it took a hill and went off the green. Almost went into the water. Actually, it hung up just short of the water. <laughs> that reminds you. Remember when I sent you that tweet of Maverick McNeely putting it into the water? I think it was at yes. the Honda. Yes. It almost happened. <laughs> yeah. If it had had just like a little bit more speed, it was going in. Like it just hung up. And then he left his chip, you know, like eight feet from the hole and missed that putt. And then two putted from there. So technically, I actually don't know how that works. Would that be a three putt since he putted three times, but there was a chip in between? Not really sure how that works. I don't know how they track him on scoring. Okay. It would make sense. But anyway, three the reason I bring it up is because, you know, in that situation, nine out of ten times, Adam Scott is going to make birdie there. He hit the green, like, he's not going to make the eagle putt. It was a long putt, but he should be two-putting that. And he didn't. And if he had, he would have made birdie. He would have been 13 under, and he would have finished solo third. And I'm just curious if that would have changed anything. That one tiny mistake that he made with that first putt that was just terrible. I don't, I kind of get what you're saying, and I, I like it in the sense that, I again, the only thing that I think would be different if he finished uh, T3 or whatever, or third, would be switching him from plus 3,000 with Matt Kuchar at plus 2,500. Yeah, because he's not going to jump KH Lee because of the back-to-back, the KH Lee Invitational, as you as you uh, called it. And he's not going to jump Hideki. Tom Kim's, Tom Kim's game fits this, but that number just kind of freaks me out. It's crazy seeing all the Asian golfers at the top. Is this like the Asian Invitational? Yeah. I mean, seven out of the top ten golfers in here have Asian roots. You know how much I love betting Asian golfers. You do love betting Asian golfers. This is like your tournament. I mean, Tom Kim, obviously. Jason Day has Asian roots. Matsuyama, Cage Lee, Siwoo Kim. All top ten in terms of, of odds. Yeah. Hideki and Siwoo are guys that I bet uh, very, very often. Tom Kim, I was late to the party on him, and I haven't seen a good number for him Pretty much in seven, eight months. He's a bit of a big game hunter, though, right? Not really. That's my thing doesn't, about him. I, I, I hasn't really been in the he mix. Well, in, doesn't he play well in majors, but not really outside of that? He was 16th at the Masters. Um, yeah, let me scroll back. For, I mean, 47th at the Open. Miscut at the PGA Championship? Not, not really. Oh no! Oh, I have it backwards. You're right. He plays terrible in the majors, but plays well at these types of tournaments. Right. Which... He won. He, he won the Shriners at 24 under. He finished fifth at the Century at 22 under. Six at the American Express at 23 under. Yeah. yeah. So, so in these tournaments where you where it is a birdie fest, it does look like he tends to play pretty well. Yeah. Well. He's always hitting a second shot from the fairway. He's not very long off the tee. I read something, though, from this dude, Ron Close, on Twitter, that I guess his like ball speed and driving has went up in recent like, weeks. Like he's been, he's been working on his off-the-tee game. Um, and I, I was in the middle of putting together a Tom Kim argument, but it was like 16-1. to I'm, I'm good there. So I'm good. It is low, yeah. You That's know, a tough swallow. 
Um, what's his top 20? Because Scheffler is minus 400. Tom Kim's minus 120 at top 20. I just, none of these numbers look good. None of them. It's like, I mean, the tee time, round finishing position, end around one leader, he's plus 3,500. Does he have a morning tee time? Don't even think so. Minwoo Lee does. What's Minwoo Lee to go? Uh, plus 4,500. Do, do we know if there's a split? Because wasn't there a split last year? Tom Kim. Um, is teeing off at five thirty-five Thursday, but that that's my time. So eight thirty-five early, or uh, seven actually, right? Seven thirty. Yeah, he's one of the. He's one of the. Let's see, two, three, four. He's the fifth group off the tee. Actually, just behind uh, Adam Scott, who tees off one group sooner. Um. You said, was there a round one split last year? Let's look it up. No. Oh, you're going to remember this. I feel like you've bet this guy a bunch of times. Um, Sebastian Munoz. I do love him. Minus 12 in round one. I remember that. KH Lee, Paul Malnati, Mito Pereira, and Justin Lauer were all tied to with a 64. He was four strokes up. Going into Friday. Yes. he. W- I do remember that because he was on 59 watch. Yeah. Had the, he, I think the second best, or the, the best round. And he went out early or late. Uh, I don't know if I can pull that up. Shit. How can I look that up? Mm, I'll, I'll click on it. You can click on it as a round in Fantasy National. It doesn't give us start time, unfortunately. Damn, he bogeyed a hole. <laughs> still still shot 12 under. Hell of a performance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe Tom Kim to be end of round one leader, but I don't really even like those bets very much. I don't like his number. Sam Stevens um, from Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, which, I found it. Okay. Uh... So I found Friday's tee times last year, and Munoz was in the afternoon group on Friday, so he definitely played in the morning on Thursday. Supposedly the Texans Texan wins in the afternoon are pretty gnarly, too. So I'm not sure how Tom Kim is as a, uh, in win, but morning tee time isn't a bad look or angle. I'm on trying to find now. You got because I love. I like those round one leader bets, and you got me looking for guys who could go low in the morning. Let me just talk about Eric Cole while you're looking. Good. Uh, he's fourth in my key stat model over the last 24 rounds, eighth in strokes gained approach, sixth in par four scoring, tenth in ball striking. He's really good at these long par fours, and there's, I think, six of them at TPC Craig Ranch. Um, over the last eight rounds, he's eighth in strokes gained putting on bent grass greens. So if you're thinking you need a hot putter to win these birdie fests, which I think is pretty logical conclusion, he's at least putting well on bent grass lately. He was T5 at the Mexico open a couple weeks ago, which is another par 71, super long, easy course bombers paradise. 
goes really well off the tee. Um, and I wrote this in my article. He lost in a playoff to Chris Kirk at the Honda Classic, played at PGA National, not a comp course, but he went 14 under at PGA National, which is like the toughest course on, on tour. And if this one's going to be a lot easier, you got to think if he's having a good weekend, obviously, or a good week, 20 under is possible. And that's, like, you're not winning this tournament less than 20 under. Like, you're just not. Like, you got to get to probably 25. They're saying the scoring could be reduced a little bit because they changed a par 5 into a long par 4 because, like, half... (laughs) Half the players last year eagled this par five. They're like, all right, well, this is an embarrassment. We got to turn this into a long par four. But so, so I guess what I'm saying is it could go from minus 25 as the as the winner of this one to like minus 22, minus 21. So, God, is this going to get me on Tom Hoagie? Oh, I love Tom Hoagie. I knew you would. He's a guy who can who can go low. Yeah, dude. He set the didn't he set the TPC Sawgrass course record like in in round three of the players I think he had like a 60 hold on I'm gonna look this up like he went nuts he had a, he had a 62 he finished T3 at the players with a 62 on Saturday okay and he shot a 78 in round one <laughs> 16 shots difference between round one and round three that's pretty pretty crazy that's right he almost he should have missed the cut because he shot a seven and then managed to like sneak in on the number i believe with a 68 in round two and then shot that 62 in round three yeah he lost strokes on the greens um scotty scheffler scotty scheffler anything since then scotty scheffler tita green in that tournament had Seven gained seventeen point two strokes. Tom Hoagie was second at eleven point six. Scotty Scheffler pretty much teabagged that, that tournament. I think you had that one right in the in the survivor pool or the 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 one and done pool. I think you had Scotty Scheffler to win the players. Probably. I just pick winners, dude. Colin Marikawa, my usual go-to, second in tee to green in that tournament, minus 2.6 strokes on the greens. That guy, man, I love him, but he hurts me. Um, I do not hate a Tom Hoagie look. I won him. Uh, I hit him at the 2022 AT&T, Pebble Beach, not the AT&T, Byron Nelson, but he's from the area, I think. Actually, he's from Dakota, uh, North or South Dakota, I can't remember which one technically, but he played college ball Same at thing. TCU. Well, no, he played he played college uh, college golf uh, locally, and and Texas locally has a pretty wide meeting. These fools are willing to just drive two or three hours anywhere. They don't give a shit. Like they're no, very was, used to sitting in their car. No, the the joke I was making is yeah. when you said. North or South Dakota, I don't remember. It's the same thing. No, I, I got it. I didn't sell that joke well enough, but I like that joke. Um, yeah, on Eric Cole, I already gave him my analysis. Sam Stevens, Steven, excuse me, um, OK State grad from Fort Worth, Texas. I don't have any actual stats on how he's ever performed on this course. I just assume he's played in it, right? I mean, he's had to play here somewhere in college. He's long off the tee. 
second in total strokes gained over the last 24 rounds um, behind Scotty Scheffler, uh, 11th in these long par fours, um, or 11th or better in these long par fours, birdies or better gain ball striking off the tee, par three scoring. The four toughest holes at this course are par three, so got to make sure you don't get crushed on those. He goes pretty well in par threes, and I'm just kind of going with the effort logic with him and Eric Cole, and to a lesser extent, Min Woo Lee, but hey, the effort logic profited for me at the, uh, what's the most recent one? Mexico Open, I think, so I'm going to default back to that here at the uh, at the Byron Nelson. But that's all I got. You got any other betting analysis or guys you want to talk about? No. All right. Next week, <laughs> PGA Championship, oh, baby. Got to lock in for that next one. Week. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go. Got to get the pool up and running. Oh, yeah. Have you time. done any course research? What is, I think it's called Oak Hill Country Club, right? Yeah, it's Oak Hill. I'm not. No, I, I'm going to wait till week of. Dude, I love watching golf flyover videos or like. Really? Yeah, I think the Fried Egg podcast does some like uh, course breakdown. I just like watching golf course stuff. I went to sleep the other night uh, watching Hideki Matsuyama's 2021 Final Masters round. It's just, I don't know, it's replace the office is what I put on to go to sleep. Golf, golf rounds. But. I, I like I like checking out course tutorials and flyovers, so I'm excited to sink my teeth on the uh, into the 2023 PGA Championship. But follow my stuff by visiting outkick.com/backslash/sportsbetting. Uh, please read my article. Um, giving my horses for the course here at the 18T Byron Nelson. Again, for the record, I'm going Hideki Matsuyama to win top five, top ten. I'm going Minwoo Lee top ten to win top twenty. And then a couple of top 20s and outrights on Eric Cole and Sam Stevens. Did you successfully talk yourself into a Matt Kuchar bet? Uh, I just put him in my fantasy three and done lineup. Okay. And you're also going Adam Scott and you sprinkled on on Decky as well, right? Correct. Those are the three I'm I'm really backing. Um, Other guys who I... I'm actually going to pass on KH Lee this week, despite taking him last week, because I just can't can't get there, as you like to say, at 22. I think that's a ridiculous number. I like Taylor Montgomery a little bit. Um, oh, we got our head-to-head. Yeah, Minwoo. Uh, versus Minwoo. I like Adam Hadwin in that sort of uh, that same range. And then if you're looking for guys, potential like dart throw types, I usually give a couple of these out. Uh, Dylan Wu's been playing really well. He's at ninety to one, and Aaron Rye at seventy-five to one are guys I would take a look at for this week. Aaron Rye is just absolute nails on the greens. That guy can put his ass off. Dylan Wu just feels like a dude that is going to shit shit his pants the second I bet him. That's just that's the Dylan Wu vibe I get. He's just been waiting. He's been waiting for <laughs> yeah. you to put in to, to lock one in. <laughs> Absolutely. And then he's missed cut incoming. Not even. Dude's going to WD after like three holes. You know what? Let me know if you do ever place a bet on him because I'm going Dylan Wu to miss the cut and I'm putting my house on it. I don't have a house, but you get the point. Got a car, whatever. Uh, all right. Well, hey, 
I think I owe more money on my car than it's worth, so that's probably not worth much more. <laughs> that's probably not worth it either. Hi, Case. We really, really need a decade to get home this weekend. Best of luck, homies. We'll talk to you next week to discuss the PGA Championship. Mm-hmm.